Hello and welcome back to Running the Table, a podcast all about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. Today, we're going to be reading through a couple of stories. Now, these stories all have to do with one thing. They hinge on downtime activities. Now, what is a downtime activity? Well, in an RPG game like Dungeons & Dragons, Monster of the Week, or Powered by the Apocalypse-style games, uh, downtime is generally that time period where you are not actively on some quest, mystery, or adventure. It is that time period between major events that you're playing your character when they may just have weeks at a time to just kind of do whatever it is they want to do. There are numerous mechanics in play for various games. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons, for instance, uh, has a whole section just about downtime activities and the kind of things that players may get up to, or that their characters may get up to, that is. Uh, some of these are as complicated as starting up new organizations and making connections in the underworld to something as simple as going to a party. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not rules governing them and different narratives that you can craft out of them, uh, but they can be very important storytelling tools. For instance, in Powered by the Apocalypse and uh, Monster of the Week, there are generally letters that often occur between sessions that kind of indicate what that character has just gotten up to between these major events, these mysteries, or these hunts. Uh, and so the stories that we will be reading today all hinge around downtime activities. So without further ado, let's hop right in to the very first one. This story is called My Tyranny of Dragons Experience. For those of you unfamiliar, Tyranny of Dragons is a pre-made Dungeons & Dragons module. It hinges upon the adventurers going after some cult or something, I'm not going to spoil the entire thing, that focuses on an evil dragon goddess. So, I was able to join my school's Dungeons & Dragons club with some friends earlier this year, and just in time to start Tyranny of Dragons. My DM was going on and on about how tough it was, and it sort of intimidated me, who only played a few Dungeons & Dragons sessions. I joined that first day and have been one lucky bastard, as you will see. So our party was a changeling paladin, goblin artificer, bard, and ranger. I can't remember their races right now. As well as my human rogue. The first encounter, we met a level 5 dragonborn fighter. I can't remember his name, like Cyan Wraith or something. He allowed us to sacrifice one party member, and he'd let us leave. So, Changeling sacrifices himself. DM allows us one Control-C, Control-V, copy-paste, for characters, so the guy makes another Changeling. I joined late in the first campaign, so the DM said I was a villager in this town. And when everyone saw us walk out, they praised me as a hero, letting me get advantage and charisma in every check in the town. So I decided to be cool and throw a party for everyone in town. 
Next day comes with a few hungover party members and I decide to go get supplies. The shopkeep takes me into a back room and gives me a huge discount on a poison dagger. We then meet a monk who wants us to find his friend. He gives us a general direction and we set off. We came across a camp and we decided to investigate. It was filled with people of all races as far as we could tell, even some kobolds were mixed in. They were racist towards our goblin and forbid him from entering, so I tied some rope from my pack around his neck and brought him in like a slave so he could investigate too. The ranger died last encounter and we ended up meeting his copy-paste character tied up to a pole, and we untied him and let him join back up. We ended up seeing Cyan Wraith again in the camp, but made sure he didn't see us. Along with him, we found the monk also tied up to a pole. Changeling went over to settle the thing, I don't remember what he did. I got in an exchange with a guard and ended up buying a slave child from him with the main intention to set him free after he saw the goblin on my rope. Me and Goblin and Bard were staying back, and Ranger, I think, caught a fight club or something like that, I don't remember. And we ended up seeing a bunch of peasants in cages. We decided to cause a distraction and set the monk free. I armed them with some extra daggers and whatever else I had lockpicked in their cells and told them to wait for the signal. We set them free and they all began running for the armory. We took the monk and ran out of camp. Cyanwraith close on our tail, but with the heavy armor he was wearing, he was quickly slowed. I turned and yelled fat-ass at him and ended up taking damage for no reason, but I was fine with it. We made it back to town and had four days of downtime until the monk was awake from his coma. I went to the tavern to party and ended up rolling a nat 20. A shady guy in the corner handed me a dagger. I rolled for investigation to see what it was, and I rolled another natural 20. It was a dragon-slaying dagger. So, in one dice roll, I became the tank in this group against dragons. The monk woke up and told us to go smash dragon eggs in a set location. We set off and were on our way. We made it to the dungeon and went through it. Lots of encounters happened, but if I put them all, this story would be far too long. Going through the dungeon, we finally faced Cyanwraith and two minions. We fought hard and he was powerful. I decided to multi-class with a fighter earlier and second wind saved my ass. A few members went down. One was at one hit point, but I took down Cyan Wraith with the dragon slaying dagger. We went in and smashed the eggs afterwards and on our way out, we met a woman. She asked if we smashed the eggs and we tried to deceive her, but it failed. She knew we smashed them, but offered to take two of us to feed to her dragons while the rest go free. Changeling and Bard decide to go with her, and the rest of us leave. We collapsed from exhaustion in town and woke up in the town hall. We said we did the job and showed the eggs and an embryo I snagged, but then she comes back with seven armed men. She says she wants us to fight with her for smashing her eggs. The ranger rolls a natural 20 on persuasion and gets her to fight us 1v6, I believe because there were the three of us still fighting and the few guards and the child that tagged along. The kid I got from the guard had axes we gave him, so our DM made him a barbarian. We fought as hard as we could, but she was tough. Every PC was down and it was just me and the child left. The girl had a special ring that gave her wings, so I asked the child if he wanted to be thrown. He nodded. I picked him up and threw him, and he was grappling onto her and smashing her with his axes. 
But sadly, in the end, he got knocked to the ground and was unconscious. In the end, everyone was downed. I was at two hit points with second wind used up. The pressure was on because if I didn't hit, we had a TPK. I managed to hit and have just enough damage to kill her. I called for some doctors and that's where our story ends for now. Overall, I'm having tons of fun with this campaign. It's brutal, but it's still super fun, even for someone like me who's kinda new to D&D. Now as you can see, that entire session, that entire campaign essentially, hinged around what happened in the downtime activities. They found that camp, they found that dagger, they made the quest happen. It all was based around what happened in those downtime activities. Without that, they totally would have just died facing that single opponent. And uh, that would have been well within the normal parameters of the module. But that was where, you know, downtime activities kind of played an integral role, but they weren't the focus of the story. So let's listen to another story that is all about the downtime activities. Downtime games are usually pretty relaxing, right? You get to go and shop, go to the baths, go bar hopping, anything like that. As I said, usually that's what happens. To set the scene for all you lovely people, I have to introduce you to the party first. We have Icarus, the human wizard, Sasha, the half-orc knight, and Sophia, the halfling ranger. This is my character. There is also, of course, our amazing dungeon master. Now, Sasha is the leader of the party and normally the moral compass. If shenanigans occur, she's never the one causing them. Well, usually. Our dungeon master asked us what we would like to do for our downtime, which was a week in-game. Sophia trained her pets more, twin displacer beast cubs, but that's a whole other story. Icarus decided to look for a magic item, and Sasha decided to go out drinking and try to make some contacts in the city. One of the contacts she makes is a guy named Salvatore. So the next day, in-game, Sasha rocks up to Salvatore's place to have a party, and it's going great. Sasha gets drunk, out of game, we're all having a good laugh. That is... Until, Sasha decides it's a great idea to plant the rest of the magic beans. The magic beans she was holding because the rest of the party couldn't be trusted with them. Our dungeon master goes, you're planting all five? Okay, go ahead and roll five D100s for me. After the first roll, he starts cackling like a maniac. Of course, Sophia and Icarus aren't at the party, so they don't know shenanigans are about to happen. Our dungeon master then describes how a geyser of beer erupts from the ground for 18 seconds. Then, a blue campfire appears. Now, these are all cool things so far, especially for a party. Next, he describes how a nest of six eggs erupts from the ground. Sasha and an unnamed guest decide to eat an egg each. Thing is, these eggs are special, quite obviously. If you pass the Constitution DC, you get an extra point in your lowest score, but if you fail, the eggs explode in your stomach for 10d6 damage. The save DC? 20. 
Needless to say, they both failed the check, and Sasha, our tank, gets taken to half health. The nameless partygoer just explodes. And there are still two beans to go. Our dungeon master then says, Erupting from the ground are four shrikers and a bullet. The bullet immediately eats the annoying mushrooms and then looks around the party. Sasha just yells out, Feed it! And all the partygoers just start chucking food at it. In an inn not too far away is our lovely other two party members. Sophia senses a new monstrosity in the city that just appears. Grabbing Icarus, she goes, Come on, there are shenanigans going down somewhere. A monstrosity just appeared out of thin air. And they run off in the direction she consents. As the other two-thirds of the party arrive, so do the town guards. Our intrepid heroes don't wait, though, and go straight in. Immediately, they see Sasha on the ground, basically tug-of-warring with the bullet to keep it distracted. Sasha sees her friends and just yells, It's eating everything! So we have three level 5 PCs, our tank at half health, and we have a glass cannon and a half caster with a bow. Fighting this thing is the last resort. Sophia steps forward and distracts the bullet, hoping the two smarter characters will make a plan. What she didn't expect was Sasha being drunk. Icarus starts looking for more food to give to the beast and digs through the trash can. He finds four eggs. Sasha sees them and goes, Be careful with them. When you eat them, they explode in your stomach. Can you guys guess what we did? If you thought, obviously you feed it the eggs. Then you are right. Icarus gave them to Sophia and then they took cover. Sophia yeets them into the mouth of the bullet and then does a tuck and roll to get to cover. Then we hear something terrifying from our DM. Oh wow, I didn't realize that bullets have such a high constitution. Their con is 21. We realize we may have just buffed the enemy. Our DM rolls for the four eggs. All of them fail the DC of 20. There were two 19s. The bullet takes 40d6 damage. That is 40d6. We're playing Warhammer now. It ends up being 125 points of damage. The poor bullet only has 94 hit points. It explodes, leaving just its jaw intact. What lessons did we learn from this? Next time we get magic beans, they're being thrown into the ocean. Too long didn't read. During downtime activities, we spawn and then blow up a land shark with exploding eggs at a party. Alright, so definitely a very fun story. And as you can see, downtime activity gives you all sorts of side quest or fun adventure or shenanigan style opportunities. Even if this had just been a party where the player could have made some connections or made a fool of themselves and grown a little bit as a character, that would have been fun. But this entire option just came from the sidelines and turned what could have been just a shopping session or a fun little adventure into a story to tell for ages. And that's really the magic of what can happen with downtime activities. You can, you can alter the course of the story like we saw in our first story. 
Or you can entirely come up with a new side thing that is just going to get talked about in that world and outside of the game for ages. And ultimately, that's really just scratching the surface of what downtime activities can be in many tabletop role-playing games. And that is why our next episode is going to be entirely dedicated to diving down into the rules of downtime activities in three RPGs. We are going to be dealing with Powered by the Apocalypse systems like Monster of the Week, and we are going to be dealing with Dungeons and Dragons, and then one that you might not have known or might not have heard of before, the Torchbearer series. All right. And so, I hope that you chime in next time. Definitely give it a listen. It is a great opportunity to learn more about downtime activities and how you can implement them in your games. And as always, thank you for listening to Running the Table. This episode has been our story discussion on downtime activities and stories that have been impacted by them. Please, if you have enjoyed this episode... Give us a like, give us a follow, just share us with your friends. It's all I ask. And if you have any questions, stories, comments, suggestions, or anything of the sort that you would like addressed on the air on this podcast, please send them to rttpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send them to Running the Table on Twitter or Facebook. And as always, I wish you the best of luck in running your own tables. <laughs> <laughs>